0: a real privilege to be wrapping up our series with you this morning that's been called The Cost. And uh, to be honest, when we were putting this series together, um, I thought it would be helpful in our understanding of what it means to follow Jesus, but that it also might be quite a heavy series because the costs that Jesus calls us to are not easy, right? They're quite big. You know, we heard in the first week that following Jesus could cost us everything we desire, and in the second week, that following Jesus uh, can look like taking up a cross and following him. But we also heard in those first few weeks that God is so good, and he's so merciful, and we heard of of the beautiful gift of eternal life that he offers us. We then heard in in week three that though following Jesus may take some adjusting, it's something he invites us into, and that he calls us to follow him, and he journeys along With us. And last week we heard that even in in secular research, um, it's been found that the sorts of things that we need in our lives for our personal well being are very similar to the things that Jesus calls us to in the Beatitudes. And so, yes, taking up our crosses and following Jesus and, and being willing to give up all the earthly things we desire in many ways is a big ask. But what we receive from Jesus in return is abundantly better than anything we could ever create for ourselves. You know, in Jesus, we gain far more than we could ever lose. But the good news doesn't even stop there. Yes, Jesus offers us eternal life, and yes, living how he calls us to will actually bring about our own personal well-being. And those things in themselves sound fantastic, right? And that is like, well, that's enough, I'm, I'm stoked on that. But Jesus also offers us peace. He offers us peace, and that's what we're, we're going to focus on this morning. And originally, I thought this morning would, would be the positive note to end the series after what would have been a, a pretty heavy series. Uh, but as I've just said, there's already been so many great things to dwell on throughout this series, right? So many good things to consider as we consider the cost of following Jesus. And so to begin uh, exploring this peace that Jesus blesses us with, uh, I want to start by showing you a few different pictures, uh, and I want you to to have a look um, and have a chat with the person next to you and discuss which of these you would describe as peaceful and which you would describe as not peaceful. In which of these places would you find peace and where would you not? Some of them I'm sure you'll agree on, some of them you may not agree on and some of them you'll be pretty sure aren't peaceful. But, but just have a quick chat with the person next to you. What would you find peaceful? What would you not find peaceful? And then we'll come back together and, and continue. <laughs> Sweet, so I'm sure there was a bit of differing uh, opinion there, right? Some of you would consider shopping to be peaceful. Some of you would definitely not. Some of you might feel reading a book in a nice place would be peaceful. Some of you um, would not be keen on that. Um, but you know, I'm sure if we got everybody in here to vote, there would be some clear lines drawn as to what the majority of us would consider peaceful and what the majority of us definitely would not. Like a hospital waiting room or sitting in traffic, it's probably two things that most of us would say that's not a peaceful situation. And we could honestly break down our entire lives this way, right? We, we can probably all think of places, certain tasks people we know in situations that we find ourselves in, that we would consider peaceful and others that we would not. You know, I think it's pretty normal to consider being at peace to be circumstantial, that our circumstances dictate our level of peace, whether it be annual leave versus late nights in the office, uh, the summer sun versus the winter wind and rain, or health versus sickness. You know, there's a lot of examples we could come up with where we would consider one to be peaceful and the other to not. And so that's partly why we do things like get away to beautiful places to help us feel at peace, right? I mean, why is Queenstown such a popular place for people to go? There's something about being amongst abundant natural beauty that is refreshing, right, and peaceful, and we really enjoy that. And that's not a bad thing by, by any means. You know, I think we can all agree that location and circumstances can make feeling at peace A little easier. There's definitely truth to that and it seems to be the way that we think and the way that we interact with the world. But Jesus offers us something that only he can, something that transcends how we interact and feel about the world around us. And that is a peace that can be known despite our circumstances. A peace that can be known and felt in all places, in all circumstances, no matter if our current situation is good or bad Um, And that's the sort of peace that we're going to be exploring this morning and having a look at. You know, the last thing that I I want you to feel from this series is to walk away stressing and thinking, you know, if I follow Jesus, I guess I'll just have to give up on living at peace and, and give up on enjoying life. Because according to Jesus, that's not true. It's not true. Jesus never seems to think that way. And in fact, usually when Jesus talks about having peace, it's in the context of difficult and trying times. In John 16, Jesus says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. And in Matthew 11, he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. It's peace amongst trials and sorrows. It's rest amongst weariness and heavy burdens. You know, when Jesus speaks about peace, it seems to be less about our circumstance and more about mindset, and most importantly, a relationship with him. And if that's the case, then I totally believe that it is possible to live at peace and to enjoy life, all while being willing to give it all up and continually making sacrifices to live a life for God. I think those two things can coexist And I think Jesus clarifies this further for us in in our two main passages that we're going to look at this morning, the first that's found in in Matthew chapter 6, which is a part of what is known as as Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. So we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 19, so feel free to turn there with me if you'd like to follow in your own Bibles, Um, but of course the the verses are on the screen. Uh, This is what Jesus says. He says, don't store up your treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them. And where thieves break in and steal, store your treasures in heaven, where moth and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Where you, wherever your treasure is, there is the desire of your heart. There the desires of your heart will also be. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is! No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and you will love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothes. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat and what will we drink and what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. You know, if if having peace is circumstantial, then having stuff really matters, right? You need stuff. You need money because stuff equals comfort. Money equals security. You need to be able to create a place where you can feel comfortable, secure, relaxed, resulting in a, a sense of peacefulness. But Jesus doesn't seem to think that those sorts of things matter for peace, that if he's in the picture, those aren't things we need for peace, or even things that we need to worry about at all. He tells us, right, don't store up treasures on, here on earth. Those things don't last. Store treasures in heaven. And Paul, he expands this idea further in his letter to the Philippian church in, in Philippians 4, And our other passage this morning. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. You see, as a follower of Jesus, circumstances is no long, are no longer the key to peace. And so if you leave here today willing to pay the cost of following Jesus, it does not mean forfeiting peace. In fact, going all in for Jesus results in the opposite, according to him. By doing so, by going all in, by accepting the cost and saying, I'm willing to pick up my cross and follow Jesus, I'm willing to lose every earthly thing for you, God, you are actually embracing peace. According to Jesus, this is where peace will be found. Because it's not comfort and security that equals peace, it's Jesus that equals peace. Jim Carrey famously once said, "I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed uh, that they ever dreamed of, so they can see that it's not the answer." You know, we will not find true peace in the circumstances we create for ourselves. Only in full reliance of Jesus. What we eat, what we wear, it will never fully satisfy. We'll never fully feel at peace because of what we have here on earth. Instead, if we seek the kingdom above all else and live righteously, we will have everything we need. And according to those other verses we read, such as Philippians 4, John 16, and Matthew 11, we will have peace. Yes, Jesus asks us to go all in for him, and that is a big ask, but he also goes all in for us. He already did when he gave his life on the cross for us, and that in itself was enough. But on top of the fact that he gave his life for us so that we could be reconnected with God and spend eternity with him, he also goes all in and goes further and says, "I will also give you everything that you need when you take up your cross and follow Him. God in return will exactly give you uh, give you exactly what you need." Now that doesn't mean an iPhone 13 Pro in the mailbox, right? As we're promised that He gives us what we need, not just what we want. Um, but you know, we know He's a generous God and He often goes above and beyond. But you know, Jesus goes all in for us, not only in His sacrifice on the cross, but also promising to continuously provide. For our needs, we may have to make sacrifices to follow him. And in the first week of the series, I gave a few examples of what that could look like. You know, following Jesus could mean grabbing any job that gives you a bit of money so you can focus on something else important that he's called you to do. Instead of having a house, uh, you may not even be able to own your own house at all. You know, retiring at 65 may not be an option. You know, that you'd be willing to give everything you saved to somebody else or somewhere else that you knew needed it more that you might feel God say, hey, I need you here, and you would drop your study or you drop your career and you would go. And again, none of those things are bad things, right? It's, it's not that you can't have a career or a house or, or retire, but rather you aren't living in a way where those things are your unadjustable goals. Instead, that we'd be willing to sacrifice any of those things, any of those dreams in an instant to follow Jesus and go where he calls us to. But man, what, what a peaceful existence to know that even if I do have to do something like that, even if I have to sacrifice something I wanted, God's got me. He's got me. He'll take care of me. I'm just going to live for him, and doing so may mean sacrificing a career or financial security or comfort and luxury, but I'll have what I need, and so I literally don't have to worry about anything at all. And as we're told uh, by Paul in Philippians 4, it's living that type of way that gives us peace, right? Pray for what you need, and thank him for all he's done, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. You know, he'll take care of me. He'll take care of me. And, um, you know, growing up as a, a missionary, I grew up as a missionary kid, and, and growing up that way, I got to see this firsthand in, in many ways. Uh, we were missionaries in the UK, which was difficult financially, because at the time, the British pound's value was significantly higher than any pretty much in all other countries. And so any financial support we received uh, would shrink considerably when converted over into pounds. And so there would be times, um, there'd be some weeks where my mum would say, you know, well, we haven't got any food, uh, any money for food this week, so we'll just have to see how God's going to provide. And, uh, and we never went without a meal. It was always just these cool moments where something would just kind of come out of nowhere and, and we'd have what we needed. And I remember when I felt like I, I needed to go to seminary, to Bible college, because I felt like I uh, getting into ministry was something God was calling me to. And by doing that, I wasn't gonna be able to work while I, was, while I was studying because I would be on an international student visa and that wasn't allowed. Um, but my school, my seminary had a, a food pantry that churches would donate to for our students and so we always had food. Um, and a church that I frequently spoke at uh, one day contacted me and said, hey, we would like to pay your rent to help make sure that you finish your degree. And I had never said that that was something that I needed but they just felt it was something that they should do. And, uh, and it made a huge difference, it made a massive difference. And, and man, I, I could talk all morning about all the different ways that God has provided for, for me and Tamara with exactly what we needed when we needed it. And, and we're so grateful for this community um, it has been very generous to us and God has provided for us in so many ways. And so at face value, going all in as a follower of Jesus sounds like a less peaceful life because God is calling us to be willing to make big sacrifices. But it's actually far more peaceful because you've not got much to worry about. You start to get into this habit of just knowing, God will take care of this. He will take care of this. God has got this. And life can still be hard. It can still be hard, right? I don't want to undermine that. It truly can be. You know, unexpected challenges pop up. Things don't always go the way we would hope. And if you were able to join us last Sunday night, you would have had the opportunity to hear from Mike Burrows from Open Doors, who shared some of the incredible hardships that persecuted Christians have to deal with all around the world. He shared stories of Christians who, who were locked up in shipping containers uh, for up to two years with just like heaps of people, so no room to move or to lay down or anything like that, and they were tortured for their faith. And it was just awful circumstances, right? Truly awful. But also he would share those stories and share incredible stories of how people find peace and strength from the Holy Spirit in those terrible situations. And so if you didn't get the chance to come along, I really uh, encourage you to check that out on our YouTube channel. Just listed there at the top, Crossroads Church PN, uh, and hear what he had to share. Um, He had some really um, amazing stories. You know, God giving us what we need... Um, can also mean finding the ability to have strength and faith and peace in some of the most diabolical circumstances. For some, God giving what is needed can still mean missing a meal or enduring sickness. You know, I I don't want my examples that I've given uh, to give the idea that things aren't ever tough, right? That it always just works out and and we're always comfortable. Uh, But in all circumstances, whether dire or not, God can give us what we need to make it through that circumstance. In fact, I would actually like to share a video with you of a woman named Hei Wu, um, and I think uh, her story is an incredible example of the sort of thing that I'm talking about, the sort of piece I'm talking about. It's a video from Open Doors, uh, so the group that um, Mike Burroughs works for who who talked to us last Sunday night. So let's check this out and, and see what I mean.
1: 님이란 말만해도 그래서 그것은 북한에서는 세상에서 가장 나쁜 사람들은 예수 믿는 사람들이라고 했고 또. 선교사나 목사들은 양의 가죽을 쓴 승냥이들이라. 신앙을 가지게 된 것은 저희 남편 때문이었습니다. 이렇게 해서 아이들이 와서 기도 아버지가 기도하라고 했고 예수님을 믿으라고 했다. 우리 아버지가 믿는 예수님도 좋은 분일 거라고 해서 그때부터 우리는 기도하기 시작을 했습니다. 이렇게 아들이 손을 잡아당기고 거기다가 예수님을 믿더라. 예수님은 눈으로는 볼수 없지만 예수님은 확실히 계시고 일을 하신다. 북정도에서 감옥에서 안기부 간첩으로 몰려가지고 그 버금을 전하고 밤에는 원래 버금을 전하고 아픈 사람 주고 해주고 그러면서 이제 거기서 아 그렇게 그런 사역을 할때 하나님께서 그 사람을 통해서 그 감옥에다가 지하 교회를 세워 주셨어요. 저희 남편은 아 정말 음아 나는 이제 죽어도 천국이 있다, 천국 소망이 있기 때문에 이제 죽어도 나는 아직 이 세상에 아쉬울 것이 없다고 그냥 그런 이야기를 했다고 그래요. 감옥에 있을 때 특히 감옥에서 정말 많은 사람들이 옆에서 죽어가고 항상 주님께서 내 마음에 기둥이 되고 내 마음에 등대 등대가 되어 주시고 나를 푸른 세상에 누리시며 실망한 목가로 인도하시옵니다. 나이오 서생시키시며 자기 이름을 위하여 의길로 인도하시옵니다. 내가 사망의 웅심한 골짜기로 다닐지라도 해를 두려워하지 아니할 것은 주께서 나와 함께 하십니다. Soko 수가 Miro. 하나님으로 아, 정말 in the same time at me. 그 나라에도 신앙의 자유가 So much. 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 그래서 항상 이 노래를 부를 때마다 자꾸 이렇게 눈물을 흘리게 되죠. 저희는 내가 너무 감사해서. 나 같은게 인사.
0: Yeah, hay uh situation was terrible, right? It was terrible, it truly was. But she found what she needed through the beautiful words of Psalm 23. And her husband, he received what he needed from the Lord to be able to share the good news of Jesus through the prison. The cost of following Jesus can be a lot, and we've, we've just seen that. But he will always give us what we need. He will always give us what we need. Even in the most dire of circumstances, He will be there to strengthen us and to provide for us. And you know, hardship and sorrow are still a reality for people with all the wealth and comfort in the world. If you consider some of the richest people in the world, like uh, Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos, there are constantly stories about a, a lawsuit here or a disagreement there or a divorce or a scandal or a tarnished family relationship. You know, money and wealth doesn't protect them from the reality of being a human. Difficulties still come when you have everything, but the difference is when you're a follower of Jesus is that when difficulties of life come up, you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry because you know God has got this. He will take care of me. He will strengthen me. He will give me peace. He will give me what I need, even if my situation is incredibly bleak if I'm all in for him, if the situation is out of my control, God will give me what I need to get through it. You know, in many ways, it it sounds overly simple, because we've all lived life, and, and we know how complex and hard it can be, and we just saw in that video of Hey Woo, you know, how extreme things can get as a follower of Jesus. But if we believe that the Word of God is true, then we have to trust that what Jesus declares to us in our passage this morning is also true, that if we seek the kingdom of God above all else and we live righteously, he will give us everything we need. If these words are true, then this is true, and we have to trust that. If we believe who Jesus, that Jesus is who he says he is, that he is the son of God, then what he is saying is the truth. And I would, I would argue that the pursuit, uh, in the pursuit of comfort and security, we actually often end up more stressed and worried. I've found that anytime I have pushed for something that I didn't need but wanted, I end up more stressed than before I had the thing. Like right now, the house that we live in is absolutely awesome, it's, it's perfect for what we need. Uh, but prior to that, we lived in another house for about six months and it was not a great experience. Um, You see, we knew that we were going to have to move from the house even before that one uh, at some point in the future because our son Ash was getting bigger and we were going to have another one on the way. Uh, But I probably started uh, pushing for us to move sooner than we actually needed to. And so we moved into this house that we were in for for just under six months, uh, and there was a lot of problems and a lot of issues, and and it wasn't a great experience. And then someone came up to us and said, hey, we're moving out of our place. Would you like to move in? which is now where we live, uh, and it's, it's perfect for what we need. We really love living there. And if I had just waited for God to provide instead of pushing for what I wanted and moving sooner, then there would have been far less stress, wasted time, and wasted money, and we probably wouldn't have moved into that house that we lived in for about six months. And unfortunately, I'm a bit of a slow learner, so I've got a whole bunch of stories uh, similar to that one, <laughs> where if I had just waited, God provided, uh, and I would have saved myself a lot of hassle and worry. And Jesus, he says, right, he says, don't worry about what you need. I'll take care of it. I will provide. Maybe you could be doing a job that pays a little more, but look at the relationships you're building with your coworkers who don't know me. I'll make sure you have what you need to keep going. Yeah, you might not be able to retire at 65 if you keep being this generous, but trust me, I'll give you a far more fulfilling future. Or it could be a more dire uh, dire like the situation of Hey Woo, but Jesus took care of her and he will take care of you. And she's so grateful for what God did for her in that place. And to be honest, I don't always know how to make sense of the contrasting examples of some of my stories in a story like Hey Woo's. you know, because God has been so good and generous to me and, and I haven't had to face the sorts of things someone like her has. And why am I receiving some of these things, like these financial gifts and stuff, um, for an incurred cost while someone like her is in prison? It's hard to, to weigh those two things up, right? Just the other week, a significant cost came up, and I thought, you know, well, I don't know how uh, we'll pay for that, but we'll just trust that God will provide. And then uh, we ended up getting an extra amount in our tax return that we weren't expecting, and it was the amount that we needed for that thing. You know, God is very good, and He's very generous. But I find it sort of conflicting writing a a sermon like this because I feel like I'm telling two very different stories here. Um, You know, I'm so confident that God is involved in many of the, the stories of my life and the ways that He provides. But it is also so clear that God was involved in hay and And, you know, I guess it comes down to the complexities of the fact that God allows us to make our own decisions, and sometimes the choices of others then affect us. And so, you know, hay couldn't control the situation that others had put her in. Um, I don't know. But what I do know is that God has met me and hay where we were at in our own worlds, in our own realities, in our own stories, and he has been good. He has been good. He has brought peace. You know, like Paul said, it's a peace that exceeds all that we can understand. And so I don't understand it. I don't exactly know how it works and how it works in my situation and it works in somebody else's like that, like Hey Woo's. Um, But I know, I have known it. I have experienced it and it is good. You know, myself and Hey Woo live in very, very different lives, but with the same God and one conclusion to draw and that is that God... Is good. So, what do we do from here? How do we let this be true of our own lives? Because you may think this all sounds good, but in reality, you're a follower of Jesus and you do stress about life, you do worry about things. You know, this peace hasn't just naturally happened for you. So, what can we do to help us embrace the peace that is available to us? Well, I think, and I know it sounds um, very simple. But according to those words of Paul in Philippians 4, we should pray for what we need. Pray for what we need and trust that God will provide it. I know that's pretty straightforward, uh, but I believe that these verses are true. And so I believe that that is exactly what we need to do. And, And we could maybe even extend it a little further. What if we also prayed that God would put us in situations that make us trust him to provide? That could be also helpful, but also a, a little more scarier to pray, right? To ask for something like that. I've often found that if I've asked God to put me in a particular situation, He'll do it. He'll do it, and it's often harder than I thought it was going to be, but I learned so much from it. But you know, anything that I've faced is, is nothing compared to what hey we went through, and God still met her where she was at too. And so if we pray a prayer like that, uh, we can trust that God will provide. He will provide, and He will give us what we need to get through whatever that situation or scenario is. And so it begins with prayer, which, which sounds simple, but can be quite significant. And you know, I, I personally, I like to have like a, a bunch of real practical suggestions in my messages of, of things that we can do when we leave. And so I wrote and I came up with a whole bunch more, uh, but I ended up deleting them uh, because I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, a prayer like this is enough. A prayer like this is enough. A prayer that I would encourage all of us to pray, to pray for what we need and trust that God would provide. And he will provide no matter what the circumstances. He'll meet us there and he'll provide us what we need. And remember that we feel we need, um, what we feel we need and, and what we actually need can be different, right? Sometimes what we feel we need is actually just what we want. And, and so God, sometimes what God provides us with is very different to what we thought we needed and what we thought uh, he should do. And so we pray a prayer like this and we leave it in God's hands and we trust him with it to do the best thing even if it's not the thing that we were looking for. You know, when we think about the disciples, the followers of Jesus, they all died. They all went, they all, went, all, all, went all in and following him, right? And they all died for it. But God gave them what they needed to fulfill their mission, to share the love of Jesus even if that mission ended in death. And I'm sure death isn't what any of them wanted, but God gave them what they needed to face it and overcome it. And it doesn't seem like any of them would have had it any other way because none of them gave up. They all went through right till the end. And all of us sit here today because of them and the message that they shared. You know, even Paul, who wrote these words that we're reading right now, he eventually was put to death. And the word Christian means little Christ, that we are to be little imitations of Jesus. And part of Jesus' story is dying, right? It's dying. But God gave him what he needed so he could complete that mission. And I trust he'll do the same for us, whatever that mission looks like for us. And so by counting at the cost and taking up your cross to follow Jesus, I can't promise you a comfortable life. I can't promise you an easy life. But I can promise you purpose, and I can promise you peace, because our peace isn't found in our circumstances, it is found in Jesus. It's not our comfort that equals peace, it is Jesus that equals peace. And God is so good, he's so good, right? And and I don't know how to make sense of all that, but he is, he is, and he provides, he proves himself again and again in all sorts of types of different circumstances for a whole bunch of different people, and so I'm confident that he can do the same for all of us. And so this journey, it could cost us everything, but after all we've heard and seen over the last five weeks in this series, I think it's a cost that is totally worth it. And so now it's time for you to decide if you think so too. But if you pray for what you need, God will provide it and he will fill you with a peace beyond your understanding. And I think that in itself is plenty of proof that this is a cost that is worth taking up. Let's pray. God, thank you um, that despite the fact that you call us to a lot, you give us so much in return. Thank you that you are so kind, that you are so generous, um, that you're always there for us and you provide. And thank you, God, you give us the, the ability to make our own choices and then you still meet us, or, you know, and the choices of others also affect us and you still meet us in those places and you give us what we need in those situations. And thank you that you work with that and that you're amongst that. And I just pray, God, that um, whatever it looks like for us to take up our cross and follow you, uh, that we would do it. Maybe there's something we already have on our mind, something on our heart that we've been kind of fighting off for a long time. I pray that this morning would be the time where we would just um, let go of that and just go all in for you. Or maybe we're willing to do that, God, but we don't know what that is yet. I pray that your Holy Spirit would just guide us and lead us and, and show us what that is and, and what it looks like to do that, God. But may we as a people, look like you. May we as a people resemble you. And you were a, a peaceful being, um, God. When you walked on the earth, um, people wanted to be around you. They were interested in who you were. Um, and despite all you went through, you still carried that, that peace. And I pray that you would fill us with that same kind of peace as well. And that as we go out into the world, um, that it'll be clear that we are a follower of you and that there's something valuable about that. that there's something worth investing in. And God, I pray if anybody's here this morning and they are really struggling and they're in a place where they feel like they need something from you and they feel like you're not present, would you just fill them with your peace as well, Lord? Would you just be real present in their life right now, God, and and provide for them in, in the ways that you know best. And I pray that you would help us just give that into your hands and trust that you know what you are doing. God, I just pray that as a church, you would help us be a people that resemble you and go all in for you. And thank you for your incredible example and the opportunity to spend some time exploring that. And we love you and we thank you that you love us. And we pray these things in your name. Amen.